And today the name of the game is Player Part. We'll be discussing role players, such as some good examples, some bad examples, what makes a player a role player, and ways and ways that in which role players impact the game and you know the real relative importance of a role player. So um, yeah, Jameer, why don't we just get get right into it? What to you makes someone a good role player? First, before I start, I just want to say happy Black History Month. Um, I want to just throw that out there. Uh, now, back to your question. That's a very important question. I think the first, the very first thing that I think allows for an individual to be a great role player is the general foundation and understanding that they are playing a role, that they are playing a part and that they, they're not going to touch the ball 30 times. They're not going to get 30 shots. They're not going to get 20 shots. They may not get 10 shots. Uh, they may not get a shot at all. They may not impact the game shooting the basketball. They may not touch the ball very often. They may be someone who sets screens. They may be someone who plays really good defense or does something specific. But it's the general understanding that you are a part of something bigger than you and that if you maximize what your role is, you are elevating everyone else that is above and around you and that you, you can make a play or make little plays and make little things happen that set up everybody else to be special. So I, I think that's, that's a great starting point for any, any general role player. I think with role players, they come in so many different shapes and sizes and with different skills and, you know, pieces, you know, it's, it's so much that a role that role players can have. And depending on the kind of team, it, it kind of, it kind of depends on what the style of the team is and what, uh, the 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 superstars do well within that style and then it just then you just kind of fit in and fill in the rest of that that's kind of what a, a great role player does i feel that and like what 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 do you what do you define a role player as what do you, what do you, where are your thoughts when it comes to being a great role player i mean i, I definitely like a lot of what you said like a lot of what you said really just amounts to buy, buying in, like really, really investing into a system and, and the role that you play in that system. And like you said, how your role allows that system to flourish. Like, I guess the greatest example of a player who, who is a role player in which like without them, that system is just, you know, it's not as good or average or whatever the case may be is like, you know, Draymond Green, like, Draymond Green is a great player, all-star player. And I guess we'll get into the, I don't know if we're getting into the Hall of Fame stuff later, but I think he's going to, I think he's a Hall of Fame level player. But like Draymond Green is, you know, if you put him on another, on another team, whether or not he's the best player, I guess, you know, best is subjective and whether or not how you define that is another story, but he may not be the most talented or the best player on another team, but on the Golden State Warriors team, he is absolutely like indispensable. Like, a lot of things, like this this year with Steph Curry getting hurt, or excuse me, with Draymond getting hurt, Steph Curry's impact 
has been much lesser since Draymond has gotten hurt. Like Steph Curry has, has had a lot more struggle games than we're used to seeing from him since Draymond's been out. Uh, the defense, you know, Draymond is just a defensive genius. He literally just orchestrates the whole thing. And the, just the, he's just a very unique player, but he maximizes on his unique skills as a rebounder, defender, playmaker versus his not so great scoring. Like, you know, if, if he, if he was a scoring, if he was a player who can score a lot, then sure. Maybe Draymond could just be, you know, Mr. Triple double at the power four position, but that's not the case. So he maximizes on the talents that he has and he allows the Golden State Warriors to be what they are. And they would not be that without him. And I'm not sure if another team can be that with him. Like he truly, that relationship is very symbiotic between him, Steph Curry, the Warriors, and Clay, Clay Thompson and all that. Like it truly is just like that role can only be done by him. And it's, it's we don't know whether or not he can do that elsewhere. So yeah, that buy-in is just really important and really believing that what you bring to the table is what can change things for your team. And just, I think a big thing too, is just taking, you really need to have pride in what your quote unquote role is. There's a lot of players who play roles on teams and they're like, they just leave because they're not, you know, they want more or they feel like they're not fitting in in a certain way. Like uh, Jeremy Grant's a good example of that, who like, he was great in his role in Denver, but he wanted more. So he left to go be the guy in Detroit and, you know, Detroit's some dog shit, but Jeremy Grant did, he did get that more that he wanted, whether or not it's the best thing for him is up to him and, you know, whatever. But yeah, I just think that buy-in is really important. That pride in what you're doing, that buy-in is those are the two things to me that makes you a great role player because, all these players in the NBA, obviously they're they're good as they're good at basketball. That's a given. Like you know, you put anyone in any situation, you put anyone in a different situation, they can be you know whatever. Like it all really just depends on the situation that they're in. But um, like a lot of players can be great scorers in the NBA if they're given the opportunity. But that's it's just a matter of whether or not that's the best thing for them in regards to winning, the best thing for their team in regards to winning, and whether or not they're happy with just being the three-point shooter, just being the defensive ace or, you know, the spark plug off the bench. So, yeah, it's just, it's just very – the idea and concept of a role player is just so very interesting to me. But, yeah, any, any – uh, what, are, what about so – what do you think are some players who you feel like – you feel like they're role players on their current teams, but maybe, maybe they're – they could be much more if they go elsewhere? I thought about – Years back, when Draymond Green was at his peak, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that I, I was I, I I started to think that a little bit. I mean, he his shooting has regressed so much that I can't really think that anymore. Guys that come to mind right away, it's it's not too many to be honest. I mean, you could possibly say a guy right now who uh, a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Jalen Brunson, for example, uh, he's he's been he's been good, and he's having a career year. And like they were talking, like I, there were some talks about Dallas potentially moving him, but not moving him for anything cheap. Like that they were going to probably move him for something really, really big, or something that is really nice. Um, Drummond, for example, I think is a good a good player. Um, he's a good example. I think that he he still 
as a starter, if he was a starter somewhere, it could be a double-double player because he he's always been a double-double player. He always, I think, will be kind of a double-double guy. Those are the two that come to my mind right away. I don't think there's any other player, I would say, maybe. Maybe Jordan Poole. Okay. All right. Because the reason I asked you that, it was like I had a follow-up question. Like, do you think those players should be in positions where they get more, uh, I guess, responsibility or get that shot, that stardom that they – not even stardom per se, but just getting a shot that that bigger role that they want. Because I'm thinking about it. Like, one player I thought of was Miles Turner because he's on the Pacers. You know, he had a whole thing, like, with I think it was the Athletic or whatever, that journal. And he's like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm just a glorified role player here. I want a bigger shot, this and that. And, like, I do think he could do more, but I don't know if him doing more leads him to a great team or leads a team to being a great team. I feel like maybe the Pacers aren't utilizing him well because he kind of stands in the corner, shoots threes, and plays, you know, great defense. But I think he can do a little more as an offensive player, especially with his athleticism and length. Like, he really, you know, gets some alley-oops and stuff like that. Just get some rim-running mixed in there as well instead of just being a corner, you know, shooting corner threes and the occasional post-up. But I also don't think at this point he hasn't shown that he's, like, you know, an all-star level player. So it's just very interesting because I think the stars – like, there are some stars who start out as role players, like Jimmy Butler, for example. He moved up the ranks, but for the most part, you don't become a role player if you aren't a role player, I feel. Or maybe, maybe I'm just exaggerating it, but I don't know. So what do you think about that? In terms of just, like, in terms of moving up the ranks – I don't like I think I think I like all of the players that at least that I mentioned and maybe others that are in kind of those situations. Like, I don't think there's a player right now in the NBA that I can pinpoint specifically and say that they're being absolutely diminished by their role. I mean, other than Rondo, I guess, but he's been moved since. And um yeah, like, I, I think for the most part, most players in this league, and I mean, I guess maybe you could argue uh, the the guard situation in New York. Um, okay. They, they have some really talented players, but they just all are, like, not performing as well or not getting as much time. Like, I think Emmanuel quickly should be a starter at this point in his career, I think. Um, yeah. I think they should have been plugged him in as a starter. Uh, and then on top of that, I think they have a good another good young guard in Quentin Grimes, who I think should be running the two. Oh yeah, I think I think Quentin Grimes should be starting over Fournier at this point. Absolutely. And Fournier is just good for twelve points, like two rebounds and two assists. Like mm-hmm. that, that anybody could do that. <laughs> Any decent NBA player can give you that at the, at the shooting guard position. So you might as well just go with someone who, who has a lot of uh, a lot of room for growth, especially because there there's some shit right now too. Mm-hmm. I was and I and and I I think more so there are players that are hamstrung by situation and circumstance more than role. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's the different. I think that's the the caveat that I was trying to get to. That, but you got to it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like Miles Turner. 
Miles Turner now, now he reminds me a little bit of another player that I could think of in terms of uh, needing a different role. But I still think ultimately where he's at is the best spot until I guess he needs to be moved. Like I, I think Miles Turner as a, a surefire defender on like a Brooklyn or some or some team needing a right. true paint player would be a good fit. Maybe even in LA or something like that. Um, that's a good move. But the player that I was thinking about, the, the player that came to my mind. Um, talk when you brought up Miles Turner was uh, James Wiseman, and okay. right now, um, based on the system, and you've you've mentioned it numerous times at this point, uh, talking about how they kind of they kind of have him in a in a glorified Kavon Looney role, as opposed to what he's actually good at and what his skill set mm-hmm. is. So I th- that's another example. But again, I think a lot of times players are hamstrung by circumstance more so than role. Right. No, because like like you were mentioning, like with Miles Turner, like what you were saying was like very. I feel like it's very accurate. The role in which he is in maximizes the things that are best about him as a player. But they don't. It's that role's not the best for him on the Pacers because the Pacers are some shit. But like you said, if he was on Brooklyn. Be just you know being ready to shoot threes and then defending the paint, and then with with the the guards they have with Kyrie and Harden, and even KD when KD feels like throwing oops, like Miles Turner can actually do use fully utilizes athleticism on the team like that versus like you know with older older respects to Malcolm Brogdon, but he's not you know he's not really like a a lob throwing you know ankle breaking fast moving kind of kind of guy, so. I think I think you did make a very good point there, and yeah, Wiseman just free Wiseman. <laughs> he's still hurt, but they got him playing like he's uh like you know like you said, Kevon Looney. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And with and with and with that though, that situation, I still think that that's the best team for him right now for multiple reasons, just because of the fact that one, there's not many. There's not many teams that could, you know, help him grow and that can actually be patient with a player like that because of their success already. So I think that him, you know, sitting and learning under a guy like Draymond Green, for example, is going to be very helpful for him and very fruitful for him going into the future because if he takes anything from Draymond Green, he could be a great defensive anchor one day especially with his size uh, and, and er, I mean, early on, like when he, when he first started playing, I really did like his confidence and I liked that he was aggressive and he tried, you know, he tried hard. He competed at a high level. Um, But if he's shooting jump shots, that's not going to be conducive to what he does best. It's definitely not going to be conducive to what he does best, but, I think that they, especially as Clay Thompson and Steph get older and may start to slow down and regress, they could turn. They could potentially turn to a guy like him. And I mean, right. not to say that Steph Curry is getting old or anything, because he he's probably got at least four or five more good years on him if he stays if he if he stays you know healthy. 
Um, I, I wouldn't say mm, I give him I give him two to three really good years. And Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson could be like himself for a very long time just because of his play style. And Draymond Green, uh, I think kind of the same because he just plays fundamental basketball. There's not much like there's a lot of athleticism and quickness to it, but most of it is mental with Draymond. So they could they'll last for a long time. But uh, I think that the Wiseman situation, I think he could stay there. Um Now, and I kind I kind of want to shift this a little bit. Uh, so, what? What? Is, who is your favorite? Who would you say your favorite role player is? And it doesn't have to be somebody that is playing right now. It could be somebody who was like a great role player at a specific moment or time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess. I guess this my. I have a question to follow your question because I guess it's like a philosophical idea. Like, what is a role player? Right. But would you say Rondo on the Celtics? Like, you know, Rondo, uh, peak big three Celtics. Would you say he was playing a role? It's a fantastic question. I mean, I guess in the I, role of the playmaker and setting the table for everybody else. Yeah, I would say, I would say he was a role player before he reached his peak. I would say before which year was that when they beat uh when they beat uh Philly it was in game seven and he he dropped a bunch of points in 2012 20 2012 yeah it was he when he hit that point Miami was rising up and the big that, that might be 2011 actually I think I think okay. Derrick Rose got hurt that year. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, no, 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 no. This was this had to be twenty. This had to be twenty twelve or twenty thirteen because I believe LeBron was already a champion at that point. Oh, so this twenty twelve. I know Bron, Rondo like peak, peak Rondo was like game six against against the Heat mm-hmm. in twenty twelve. So yeah. it probably was that year. I would say, I would say that he was a role player before around that time because at that point he had caught up to the big three if not right. exceeding all of them at that point right. especially when he dropped like 44 okay so i would say i would say yeah like in 2008 yeah. 2009 because if that's because i feel like he was playing a role and I really love the role he played. Like, you know, we kind of talked about it, like way back in our first episode, like, you know, what makes, you know, what got us into the, the game of basketball in general and shit like that. But just the role that he played, just, you know, really uh, controlling the flow of the game, controlling the offense and just making shit happen. I just think that's, that was like, you know, that was just so mind blowing to me. Like, yo, this guy's really, really running the show right now. Like, you know, but despite, he clearly wasn't, wasn't like the best player on his team, but, his impact was like undisputed. And I just thought, so I guess at that point, with that being said, Rondo is my favorite role player of all time up until he was no longer a role player. I guess right now, you know, always, we always talk about dream. I hope how much you appreciate him. We just talked about him a bunch. I'm not going to get into it too much with him. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess he is my favorite right now, but I don't know. I just always appreciate the role players just going through. 
uh, you know, just as watching watching the game, just always appreciating that. Like Marcus Smart was my favorite player for a little while. Just you know, just being the defensive leader and heart and soul of the team. Like that was an interesting role, just like an emotional leader. Yeah, and that role, the emotional leader role is always funny to me now because like every team, like everyone's like, oh, every team needs one. You have like this random Joe Schmo trying to like act like he's like some a tough guy, emotional leader. It's like he's very much, very much a fake. You know, they're just trying to fit a role that they really just not. They're just you know doing the most. It's just very interesting. Patrick time. Beverly. Yeah, like Patrick Beverly just be chatting like, <laughs> bro, you're some shit. This is uh, I like. Um, yeah, I, I I think that I think that having an emotional leader is, is somewhat important. I guess I think that I think that having leadership in general is important. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I I I like what you said there. Like it is said and commonly stated that um, people always say you need one of those on your team. I I I'm kind of along that line of thinking. I mean. I think it is always good to have at least one wild card, like a Lance Stevenson, a Draymond Green, a, a Marquee for Marcus Morris, a, yeah, uh, Patrick Brown. You know, like that having. I think having those kind of guys, I think they help to glue a team together. Right, I feel you. I just don't. I agree that you need an emotional leader, but I don't think your emotional leader should be someone who resorts to like hooting and hollering and pretending that they're angry. Especially when they're pretending, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. I think a calming, I think a calming presence, emotional leader, can be just as effective, if not more so. Like a Tim Duncan, for example, is like, I know Tim Duncan was never a no role player, but that in terms of being an emotional leader, calming presence, like that was always crucial to the Spurs. Being, it helps maintain the steady 20, 20 years of greatness. You know what I mean. Because the thing is with, with people like hooting and hollering, if like if the respect gets lost, the respect is lost and it's over. And then it just it just creates chaos at that point. Because if you're hooting and hollering, they don't respect you, they're gonna they're gonna come right back at people are gonna come right back at you with the same energy. So yeah. If, if it wasn't for Ray Allen, Tim Duncan would have uh Kobe number would Tim not Kobe numbers, he would have uh Michael Jordan numbers, he'd be six and oh. Right. <laughs> and I, I like that. I like that sentiment, though. I think that having I think more than anything, having not only somebody who uplifts the team emotionally, but um, having not only yeah, having that, but I also think having someone who can push the coach's message and be an on-court coach and a you know a player coach like a Chris Paul um is essential a Draymond Green um someone who through communication can kind of paint the the coach's picture perfectly of what they want to happen yeah I think I think those are important and it's, it's, it's great to have somebody who does that and actually does something on the court. It kind of helps too when, when they're actually impactful. Um, and then kind of shifting back to what we were talking about. I would say my favorite role player in terms of 
what he was doing at the time and somebody somebody that I actually got to lay my eyes on was definitely Danny Green in the finals. Um, Dan, like Danny Green and because he no one really talked much about him. He had bounced around so many places. He still bounces around so many places. But without a Danny Green, I feel like there wouldn't be the kind of patience that we have with guys like a Jay Crowder, guys like, I mean, like J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver and Ray Allen are were always prominent players. But in terms of guys who do it on both ends of the floor, it, it got even higher value, I think, by watching what Danny Green was doing to the Miami Heat. Yeah, he's a potential. I hate that word. I don't know why I decided to use it. But, yeah, he's that of, like, 3-and-D, you know, that that 3-and-D archetype, mm-hmm. which is evolving now, I think, which is very – another. that's another conversation. But back when 3-and-D was all the rage, Danny Green is that. So mm-hmm. I feel like – Yeah, because when he lit up Miami – because and, and I think, like, he's shown – like guys like that from I think from that period on guys like that were always being signed very quickly very quickly Jay Crowder will never wind up without a job and like uh, like like Danny Green now he still has a job <laughs> and other guys like that will always have a job somewhere and be like I think players like him are part of the reason why a guy like KCP for example still has a job and stuff like that because that arc, as you said, that archetype is changed the modern NBA and one of the, the play styles that is dominant in the league, because I think that the game has evolved from position to play style where you have like set things that you do, as opposed mm-hmm. to in comparison to like your size, like it's not, it, it's not based on size anymore. It's more so based on skill set. Like Draymond Green could technically be a point guard somewhere. LeBron James, he shows us every day. Like he, he's played center. He's played point guard. He could play the two or the four easily. AD should be playing the five, but he prefers to play the four <laughs> because he's a rim protector. Right. But yeah, like just I like I enjoyed watching someone who didn't really, you know, no one really talked about absolutely light up one of the best defenses in the league at the time. And honestly, maybe one of the better defenses ever in that Miami Heat team that had LeBron James, D. Wade, Shane Battier, Mario Chalmers. Shout out my guy Norris Cole. Speaking of role players, I love Norris Cole actually as a role player. player. He was he was good for one like un like acrobatic layup a game, and he'll hit a he'll hit a wide open three every now and then. So yeah, I, I liked that. I, I I loved watching that, and yeah. Now you know it's a role player to look out for right now, Miles mm-hmm. or Mikael Bridges. Excuse me. He's gonna. It's gonna be interesting because I feel like he could do more, but he's bought in and takes pride in what they ask him to do. 
I think if he wanted to, if they wanted him to do more, I think he could get to like 18 a game, 19 a game. Because his game is, he's he's solid, for real. So I think he's an interesting player to watch, especially because, you know, Chris Paul's not going to be around forever. Like once he leaves, the whole, the whole shit's going to change, the whole hierarchy. Honestly, I think that they have such a they'll have they they'll have a much stronger infrastructure without Chris Paul there now. Like they have a culture now, yeah. so I think they could just plug in another really good point guard. Like it won't be the same, but if they plug in a really good point guard or a good point, a generally good point guard, say for example, a kind of guy like uh, a Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that, they I feel like they would be fine. Speaking of. He he might not be a Washington Wizard in uh, much longer, but that's a different conversation for a different what's day. Happening, what's happening with that? I didn't hear about that. Uh, apparently, well, I guess real quick side note: Spencer Dinwiddie, who uh, is a guard for the Washington Wizards, may be traded soon because the teammates don't want to play with him anymore. I don't cry it. <laughs> so that, that's just a quick side note. No, uh, that's, that's a report that I saw. If you try to go there and be the be that fucking dude, <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. just you don't you don't realize he, you don't realize he's just like a starting point guard. I guess he, he's trying to elevate or some shit. But he's that good, is though. funny. He's good though. He's he's solid. Players want to play with him no more. Yeah. What the hell is he doing in there? Because for people that want to play with you, you gotta be acting like a real a real Nick asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be acting like an asshole. Just like, just like uh, James Harden in Brooklyn. <laughs> wanting to get out of there. But, um, and then with role players, I guess, get kind of getting back into our conversation. Do you believe that role players should be, I guess, considered for the Hall of Fame? Or is there a certain kind of criteria that you would look at? Because, I mean, we talked about this before with the Hall of Fame and how we feel about the Hall of Fame. But what what do you think about role players getting in the Hall of Fame? I think they can. I think there's a place for them. But, like, you got to be, like – because there's a difference between – I think we're arguing – Danny Green and Iguodala, for example. But, like, I think, like, because back to Draymond real quick, really quickly, like, Draymond is, like, the peak of what a role player can be. Like, and then he's playing a role that no one else can really – no one else can really do, at you know, at the level he does it. Like, even, like, you take certain star players, you put them in that role. Like, Le- I guess you, you could say LeBron could do what Draymond does. But I just don't know if LeBron would do the, the Draymond thing as effectively as Draymond because it's just truly, like, very unique for him. But, like, you just won't see – we won't see another Draymond. We'll see, like, teams try to get, you know, little fake Draymonds to do, you know, guard with these positions, do this, do that. But they're not him, you know what I mean? I think that's the difference. Because I feel like you can find a lot of dudes who could be Danny Green – for that example, but like I think Draymond truly is a one of one, and he has the All Star appearances, the championships, the fact that those championships couldn't have happened without him. Like you know, just he's just different from other players. I think that's like 
makes him Hall of Fame worthy. But it is very difficult. I feel like you shouldn't put any Joe Schmo in there just because they helped the team win a ring. But I just think Draymond is very especially especially when you put in context like the the Golden State Warriors are a team they had the best record in the history of the NBA. Like that's something that's that's like not regular. That's that's Hall of Fame shit. Like it's not something that you could just you couldn't put some other dude in Draymond's position and that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't have happened with another dude in his position. Right. So yeah, I just think with all that combined context and just all the things he has accomplished as a player, I just think that, you know, I think that makes I think that shows that role players can make it, but it's not like it shouldn't be every role player either. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. And I mean, I would personally argue for Iguodala and Danny Green because Danny Green is a three-time champion. He should be a four-time champion. Uh, he at one point broke, obviously broke the finals record for threes with a magnificent three-point performance. And uh, in, in the only year he didn't win a ring when he was in the finals, um, he was he got hurt on another team that could have gone to the finals. And I think that with Danny Green, I guess just real quick, kind of going down and running down the Danny Green line here, everywhere he had gone he has been on a successful team. He's been where success is. And I mean, you can look to the players that he's played with, but still he's always been a starter on um, the Raptors that won a championship, the Lakers that won a championship in the bubble, the Spurs that went to the finals two, uh, two years in a row and won one, lost one. And then this past year when the Sixers were number one seed. So in, in one, in, you know, and in, in one shape, or another and one one argument or another, I think that he's always been where winning is. So I think that his argument is strong. And then especially because again, and we, we've talked about this before, the, the Hall of Fame is kind of iffy. And I feel like they 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 they're just very interesting about how they do the Hall of Fame. Like for example, a lot of guys will just walk right in the door easily, but then they'll leave out certain guys that they should have never left out. Like, for example, a Ben Wallace should have been in the Hall of Fame. Chris Webber should have been in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, you know how that goes. So I think that they could get there. And then Andre Godala, I think, you know, again, multiple, ch- as you said, um, the Golden State Warriors had this, the best record ever. He's a multiple-time champion a finals MVP, even though a lot of people argue that he shouldn't have won it, you know, et cetera. So yeah. I think that you can't deny or dispute what they've done in their careers. And I think that when we talk about, I guess, kind of just closing out the whole point of the Hall of Fame, at least for me, uh, I think when you talk about the Hall of Fame, you want to have somebody who not only played their part, but as you said, did something in their role that others couldn't do that led to very major success. And I would leave it at this, something that would that led to success. I'm not going to go back on the whole Danny Green blasphemy, but it's not blasphemy. But I just don't think he's a Hall of Fame player myself. But we had a whole episode about it, so I'm not going to get into it. 
Yeah, I don't know. Anything else on your mind about the role player situation? If you had to put together a starting five of your of, of like role players, who would you put together? Ooh, that's a tough one. Okay, so I think easy easy answer: Draymond Green, starting. Okay. Uh, at the four. Yeah, at the four. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with Miles Turner at center, just because. He and doesn't, and, and remember, it doesn't have to be current. I'm just gonna keep it current just for just for the sake of just for my. That's what I want to do. Okay, that's fine. Makes sense. Um, I'd say Mikhail Bridges is definitely the three. But now, point guard and shooting guard gets hard with role players because they touch the ball a lot. Right. Would you say a spark plug player is like counts as a role player? Like someone comes off the bench and just scores? We count on that? Yeah, role? yeah absolutely. absolutely. They're playing a role. They're not a star player. They're playing a role. All right. As of right now, just real quick, since you, I didn't even think about this at all. So, like, it's kind of, I'm kind of just thinking through it now. As of right now, I just say, like, Tyler Hero at this moment. But if you okay. ask me to think about it, I definitely wouldn't affect him. But I'll just say Tyler Hero just for the hell of it. Okay. And then now I need a point guard. I'll say Ricky Rubio. Okay. Okay. I just like that. Rate this ship. Shout out, shout, shout out to him. That's too we're, bad that he got injured. We're a nice lottery team, winning probably like 35 games just off the strength of Draymond. But <laughs> it'd be a fun team. Thanks. Um, for me, I would have to go with that's a, that's a great. I think that's a good lineup. I think it's pretty a pretty strong lineup of role players. Um, and if I were to talk about role players that I like, I would definitely start with. I guess I guess I would say Drummond. I just like his hustle. I like his drive. I think that. He's he's been very consistent throughout his entire career. Not as a free throw shooter, not as a scorer, and somebody who winds up on Shaq in the full frequently. But he's consistent. Yeah, <laughs> he can rebound the shit out of basketball. So I would say Drummond for sure. I would say Rondo because I think that Rondo is time is a timeless player, and he has timeless skills because right. he his skill set. Although his athleticism wanes. He is one of the most brilliant basketball players to have ever played the game. And when he steps on the floor, you already know you've got to pay attention and be very careful um, because he can break you down. And if there's an open man, he'll find him. When we talk about other players, I just need a, a um, I need another guard and two forwards. So I would say for another guard, just to add some scoring, Right off the top of my head, I would say a guy like, actually, I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't need, I, I think that taking a guy like Alex Caruso, for example, who's been a role player okay. for years now and who's been an excellent defender. I like Alex Caruso a lot. He's exciting. I like Alex Caruso. And then for my two forwards, I'm going to be a little lazy here. I like Draymond Green. I think that he brings so much to the table as a role player that I would automatically have to roll with him. And then if I'm closing it out, 
to pick my fifth player. Positions doesn't have to be small four. Like positions don't really matter for real. So you want to pick anybody? I could. I could. I could. I could. Right. Hmm. What do I like right now? To be honest, there's a lot of guys right now that are really doing their thing. It's some. It's, and there's some that's not. Um. Hmm. Right now. I would say Kyle Kuzma, to be honest. Yeah, I was thinking about him because, like, he hasn't been looking like a role player for the last last couple of weeks. I wanted to hoop Yeah, I like Kyle Kuzma right now. So I, I, I close out with Kyle Kuzma. Oh, real quick before we get out of here. Do you think LaMelo gets picked on the All-Star team? He should, but I'm not sure. I mean, I would suspect so just because of the fact that they – I mean, if the fans could vote for, if the fans could get a guy like Andrew Wiggins in, and we'll, and we, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about this later on. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have this discussion. Right. Uh, I guess um, this is kind of a, a good, I guess, preview. But briefly, if the fan, if the fans have the power to vote a Wiggins in, or to get a guy like Andrew Wiggins. I believe that they would want a guy like LaMelo Ball in there. And I think that they would fight and vote for him to get in there. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Is this the assistant coaches that picks? That's where I'm like, hmm. Just, I, don't, just don't know. I don't, you know, people who just watch basketball don't know who the assistant coaches are. So it's just like, you know, hard to tell who they're going to pick. Yeah. I'm feeling he's not going to get it. I don't know why. I just do. Should have been a, should have, he should be an all star. Yeah, I think he'll be an injury replacement for somebody who inevitably gets hurt, but hmm. he's an all star in my heart. <laughs> so that's yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Interesting. We'll come back to that, though. No, definitely. We'll definitely come back to that conversation. And in that light, I just want to say thank you for listening. That was another episode of Game Time. My name is Jamir, and I'm co-hosted by Zach. Uh, as usual, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on our content. You know, stay tuned, check us out. And to listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify as usual. You know how that is. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and other places where you can get podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.